Climate change, workers' rights, and protecting the planet are all big league issues that have fueled the demand and the growth of ESG investing. And on today's ETF Battles, we're going to examine three ESG-focused exchange-traded funds to find out which is the best play on this emerging investment trend. So stick around. Welcome to ETF Battles. I'm Rhonda Leggy. ESG investing is all about choosing stocks and companies that are doing well for society, that are doing well for the planet, and whose goals align with the moral values of shareholders. Now, that's no easy task, because the one thing we all have in common is that we're different. And it should also be noted that ESG investing has many different names. Sometimes it's referred to as social responsible investing, impact investing, sustainable investing, and I'm sure other names will follow. So just keep that in mind. Now, before we go any further, just a quick reminder, what the world needs now more than anything else is love, sweet love, but we also need more ETF battles. So send us your request in the comment section below or on our Twitter feed. Be sure to give us your ETF tickers. Now, today's ETF battle is a triple header. It's between three ESG-focused ETFs. We've got ESGU, DSI, and ESGV. Now, two of these ETFs are from iShares, while the other is from Vanguard. And the DSI ETF, that's the granddaddy among the group. Now, this ETF was launched when the Byzantine Empire was still in power way back in 2006. Now, I forgot to mention that this ETF battle actually started on Twitter, and now we're bringing it into the ring. So helping us to judge today's matchup is Todd Rosenbluth at CFRA Research. And we've got Mike Akins at ETF Action. Guys, it's great to have you with us. It's great to be here, Ron. Thanks for having us. So we're going to go through each of these four battle categories one at a time. You, our judges, are going to pick your favorite ETF. And then at the end of the program, we're going to declare an overall final winner. You can also opt for a split decision or nominate a wildcard ETF if you feel that there's a better choice elsewhere. And it's completely up to you, our judges, and the more unexpected mayhem per capita that we can have on the show. Hey, I'm for that. So I've got my scorekeeping duties. My scorecard is ready. The first category is cost. Todd, get us started. This is really simple. I, I think Mike and I are going to have some disagreement on, on certain of the other categories, which is a healthy debate. But ESGV costs 12 basis points. That's cheaper than ESGU at 15 basis points and considerably cheaper than DSI. So there's other costs that matter beyond the expense ratio, but, but that's the, the key ticket item that's there. We like ESGV. That's the winner. And I, I can't imagine Mike's going to have a differing view, but let's find out. Thank you, Todd. That's a strong start. So, Mike. Let's see what you, your take is on cost. Give it to us. Yeah, I think all three strategies are cheap when you think of in terms of getting allocations to a basket of 300 plus securities. It's the great thing about ETFs in general. I would note that since I really don't understand any three of the products we're going to talk about today, you can get a total market product for three basis points from State Street or iShares. So to that extent, I will say the winner is ESGV. It's 12 basis points. It's cheaper than the other two. But broadly speaking, um, there are cheaper total market products out there. That takes us to exposure strategy. Mike, you're still up. Tell us uh, your analysis. So this is where things get fun in the ESG world, trying to understand what companies are held and what aren't. Um, I would say broadly speaking, 
All three of these products we classify as total market strategies. Their stated objective is to invest in large, mid, um, only ESG V, the Vanguard product, also includes a little bit of small, but broadly their total market strategies. Um, to that end, um, they've got a lot of overlap uh, from a standpoint of versus the S&P 1500, kind of the, the granddaddy of total market strategies. Uh, ESGU has a 75% overlap. ESGV has an 83% overlap and DSI has a 50% overlap. So if you're thinking about it from a standpoint of applying an ESG filter and ending up with the strategy that's different, I give the winner to DSI because DSI is clearly taking the biggest um, variance from the total market strategy and saying, hey, these companies are ESG and these aren't. Whereas the other two, I think, for all practical purposes, are closet indexers um, with some small overlays to their um, ESG um, criteria. So to that extent, I'm going to give exposure strategy to DSI because it is taking the biggest bet against the index. Um, whether you understand it or agree with it, it's definitely taking the biggest bet away from the broad market. Perfect. Thank you very much, Mike. Todd, how do you see it in terms of exposure strategy? So. Uh, I agree with Mike in terms of DSI. That's the winner that we have in part because of what you're getting and what you're giving up. So let me give some more company specifics than what Mike had, although the overlap is important to be able to do. With DSI, you don't get Apple, you don't get Amazon, you don't get Facebook, you don't get JP Morgan. Microsoft is a 10% position. That's a double weighting versus what you'd get within the S&P 500. So if you're looking for something that's different based on an ESG criteria, DSI is the winner. I agree. ESGU and ESGV are broad market cap oriented ESG ETFs. We classify them at CFRA as, as broad ESG ETFs. The ESG is important to include in that, but DSI would be the winner in our book. Excellent. I got you down for DSI. And boy, you guys are disappointing me with this particular battle. I thought there were going to be far more disagreements than we had up until now. I mean, this battle is halfway over and you guys have done nothing but agree. Anyway, we're going to see you. There's still there's still another half of the show that we haven't yet completed. So anyway, we're going to move to performance. Todd, you're still up. Give us your perspective on which of these three ETFs jumps out at you. So I thought I was going to go second on this one. So I already have my rebuttal prepared. So I'm going to give it anyway. So okay. Mike, talk, Mike talked about these all being closet indexes, which is a little bit strange choice of words because they are actually index-based products. I think what he means there is these are like the S&P 500 or like the S&P 1500, and they're not. And the reason we know that is we look at the performance, there's a notable gap in the performance. ESGV is notably beating ESGU and DSI both in 2020. And then there's of course a lagging that's taking place between 2021. And more importantly to us is that ESGV is significantly outperforming the S&P 500 in the, in the period of time, in the one year period that it's been around. It doesn't have a three year track record. So it's clearly taking stock specific calls that is impacting its performance. And ESGV is the outperformer based on the common time period in our book. Thank you, Todd. We shift to you, Mike. How do you see it in terms of performance? Well, certainly ESGV is outperforming. It's the only one that excludes energy. What was the worst performing sector in all of the of all out of all the 11 gig sectors last year? Energy, and it wasn't even close. 
what's happening here today. ESG is underperforming. The reality is there's randomness to the reasons of why they include and exclude certain stocks is what adds to the difference. If you can explain to me why they're adding a certain company, like for example, if you are a financial advisor watching this program and you work at a big bank, I strongly suggest you don't own DSI because I wouldn't want to explain to my clients why DSI doesn't hold a single big bank, doesn't hold Bank of America, doesn't hold JP Morgan, doesn't hold Wells Fargo. You're a financial advisor at one of those. I would certainly argue you don't want to be holding that. That ESG strategy for your client who's giving you their business and you're telling them that your company is not ESG compliant. So sure, performance from last year's perspective, ESGV is the winner, but it's simply because ESGV doesn't hold fossil fuels. It has a 0% weighting to energy, and that led to its outperformance. This year, it's underperforming because energy is the top performer. So I, can, I can't give any one of these products a winner because I need to understand why it's outperforming to give it a winner, and I can't understand why they, why they hold what they hold and don't hold what they hold. And it's all a little bit of randomness to me. So split decision from a performance perspective on my point. All right. I got you down for split. Thank you, Mike. And now we shift to my favorite battle category, which is the mystery. And this is going to be fun because I think we're going to find a lot of mysteries in today's ETF battles. So, Mike, give us your mystery battle category. What is it and who wins it? You know, my mystery category today is a a new factor I'm, I'm introducing to the show called ESG wizardry. And I get this factor from the Wizard of Oz and the the great scene where Toto pulls back the curtain and there's the old man running the levers and it said, he says, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And I got to say, when it comes to ESG investing, from what I can tell, pay no attention to what's behind the curtain, because really these strategies have complete randomness into what companies they hold and what they don't hold. Now, that is not true with respect to certain strategies. Like, for example, there's a strategy out there that removes um, communist countries from its emerging market exposure, or it specifically removes you know, specific areas of the market, and it has a clear definition of that. But when it comes to the broad ESG strategies, some hold Apple, some don't. Some hold Facebook, some don't. Some hold Google, others don't. None of them hold JP Morgan, which I don't understand totally. It's the largest bank in the world. Apparently, it's a really bad bank. Um, they all, if it's if it's a BlackRock product, they all hold BlackRock. Random thoughts with that, especially. Um, but I think in general, my mystery category is the wizardry of ESG and pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Thank you very much. That's the first time we had Wizard of Oz nominated as a mystery battle category. Thank you, Mike. You're making history. I mean, we each show, you know, I'm always surprised by the history that we make. So it's all about finding shift. those new factors. Yeah. So we shift to Todd. Todd, uh, give us your mystery battle category. What is it and who wins it? So Mike wants transparency, will be transparent. We use the CFRA's forward-looking rating methodology to determine which ETF, regardless of whether it's ESG or not, has the greatest likelihood of outperforming over the next nine months. All three of these ETFs earn a four-star rating from CFRA, which means we like them. 
ESCV has the highest reward potential. That's likely what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're adhering to the ESG criteria that your client has or that you have. You want to make sure there's a filter that's making sure these companies uh, fit certain criteria. And then you want to outperform. And we think ESG will have the highest likelihood of doing that. I understand we're not all gonna know what's inside the portfolio and why it's inside. Well, we're gonna know what's inside it. We're not gonna know why it's inside it. You're choosing to work with a third party index provider. You have to trust that they're making smart decisions or you don't invest in these products. But we think you do. We like ESGV. That's the winner in terms of the mystery battle category. All right, thank you very much, Todd. We got you down for ESGV in your mystery battle category now. We've arrived at the part of the program where our judges get to recap their overall battle winner. So, Todd, uh, give us your, your overall take. Well, mine's going to be straightforward. ESGV is my winner. It has the, it's the cheapest. It's the best performer. While it's broadly diversified and looks like it might be similar to the S&P 500, it's doing much better than the S&P 500 and its peers over the one-year period of time for the reasons that Mike perhaps explained, but for those are good reasons. It doesn't own energy companies. That's a good thing if you're an ESG investor and you don't want energy exposure. And we at CFRA think it has the highest reward potential. It's a pretty straightforward way of looking at this. It's cheaper, it's performed better in the past, and it's likely to perform better in the future. It's not that hard. All right, thank you very much, Todd. Mike, your last opportunity to weigh in. Yeah, my overall battle winner here is if you can explain why you own a strategy, by all means own it. That's the great thing about transparency. If you don't like um, Apple, if you don't like Amazon, then own DSI. If you do like them, own ESGU or ESGV. If you hate energy, own ESGV. Um, but I, in my personal opinion, and when it comes to ESG investing, either take a stance and don't invest in certain companies or, or you or you don't use ESG to begin with from a broad index perspective. So from that standpoint, I'm gonna give DSI, DSI the nod because it has the biggest um, you know, tilt away from the broad index. I think the other two strategies, and I will say closet index because they're creating an index that closet indexes other indexes. So there's another new term for you, closet indexing of indexing. But, I do think that as far as forward-looking bases go, I can understand that I think we're in a value environment and I want to overweight value because of the stocks it gives me. Or if I think I'm in a momentum environment and I want to overweight companies that have done recently well recently or a growth environment or a quality environment, um, I, the list can go on and on. I can understand allocating across those different strategies because I can look at the index rule book and I can reverse engineer it and understand the companies it holds and it doesn't hold. To the extent that you look at the vast majority of ESG broad-based strategy in the marketplace, I can't do that. And I'm yet to have anybody succinctly explain to me how they're doing it. And therefore, I just can't give a nod to the broad-based ESG category as a whole. I think you're far better off owning a broad-based total market strategy like SPTM for three basis points until you can really understand what it is you're owning and why. All right. Thank you very much, judges. You've weighed in. And my overall battle scorecard shows a split decision. And uh, we, we had agreement in terms of cost and exposure strategy um, in that particular category. But after that, 
pretty much we unraveled and you guys had different takes on pretty much everything else with Todd favoring ESGV, uh, making his argument with its cheaper cost and also its better performance. And of course, Mike making his argument in favor of DSI just being different than uh, some of these other indexes. And man, what a matchup it was today for sure. I think the one thing that I learned and hopefully our audience learned in terms of the key takeaways is it's really, really hard to assemble an investment portfolio that perfectly suits the moral demands of the populace while still remaining attractive from a profits angle. And while far from perfect, ESG ETFs certainly offer plenty of alternatives. Now, you've got to do some tire kicking. I think we've helped you on the program. You got to make sure that the ESG's underlying index, its strategy, its, its criteria for selecting companies aligns with your moral values, whatever those happen to be. But judges, a great job. Mike and Todd for breaking it down for us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. Before we go, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Also, be sure to tell us which ETF battles you'd like to see in the next episode and why. You can do that in the comment section below. Give us your ETF ticker symbols. You can also find us on Twitter, at ETF Guide is our handle. Thanks for watching. I'm Ron DeLegge. Be sure to tune in next time. Watch the battle before you invest.